Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker, Bakes Takes Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's Saturday, April 10th. Let's get right into it, folks. Number one, cut your losses. Number two, hold your winners. Number three, see number one. I might have said remember number one, but that's uh, it's a buffetism. Here we go. Uh, why I do this, Bobby, Jack, uh, my sons, uh, they're in their 20s, and I'm basically talking to them. It's a, an excuse for me to connect with them. We talk about money and markets all the time, and I invite you to listen in. They were in their, they're in their 20s. They just graduated from business programs, undergraduate business programs, and they'd fire questions at me, and their friends would join in. What's the 10-year doing? Why is oil going down? Uh, what stocks do you like? What groups do you like? Et cetera. And uh, I went through the 87 crash. I was a broker, got my head handed to me, and it started my journey. And I read everything. I got my MBA, read hundreds of books, everything from Livermore to Peter Lynch, and discovered technical analysis, which uh, uh, has become invaluable. I use fundamental uh, technicals first, fundamentals second. It isn't right or wrong. It just works with me. You be the judge if it, if it helps you. Uh, I read the journal. I read Barron's. I read The Economist. I listen to dozens of podcasts. I devour newsletters. I monitor all these themes that I talk about. I put them into Google Alerts and see what they kick out. And I point you to them and know that uh, uh, I give attribution. I always give credit. And uh, if you want to look at that, great. Uh, they're always in the show notes. But know that I do that work for you. Uh, I eat home cooking. All I do is talk about what I own, what I invest in, what I'm interested in. I have no conflicts. And tell me what your pain points are, uh, problems you'd like me to at least address, if not solve, uh, topics I should cover. I want you to direct the ship a little bit. So uh, the more interactive this is, the more money we make, the more fun we have. Thank you very much. Uh, my disclaimer, not this is not investment advice. Please conduct and share your own due diligence. And uh, the more, uh, again, this is interactive, the more uh, productive we're all going to be. Uh, great week for fan mail, Mike. Um, uh, Jack, my son, came in uh, talking about 5G, FIVG, the ETF, and it's a new one for me. I did not have it in my system, so Jack, thank you for alerting me. Now it's in, and I'll add it to my 1700, and I'll go through this every month. And um, so here are my, my main thoughts, and this, these are mainly from the chart and uh, peripheral study, not going through the nitty-gritty of of you know the each individual name in the top 10 but i'll go through that uh i wouldn't have stopped on this chart it looks okay to me uh it's it looks extended it looks a little tired the volume is petering out uh, uh you know is picking up on the down days you know i don't like that so here's the daily and i go eh, it's okay now if it had a, a high volume breakout i would be uh, singing a different tune i doubt that's going to happen and i'll tell you why and then I look at the at the monthly, and uh, it obviously got crushed during COVID. It's bounced back nicely, but again, I don't like the way the volume acts on on the uh, on the up months. In this case, it looks okay, but it picks up on on uh, the 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 down months. So it seems tired to me. And and then what I always do, and I encourage you to do, Jack and everyone else, when you're looking at an ETF, uh, go to the fact sheet. And there's a fact sheet for all of these. Just you know, Google them, and then look for the top ten, and see if you'd be interested in owning this mini portfolio, if you will. And uh, I like to use ETFs because it diversifies us. We can play big themes, and you know, 5G obviously is a big theme, but it's not a new big theme. It, it's you know, we've been talking about this for two years, 
and uh, you know NXP Semiconductors is the number one name here, and it looks pretty good on the chart. I'll be honest with you. But then you go down the list, uh, telephone, AT and T. It looks like dead money to me. Nokia, yeah, I got picked up in a Reddit, uh, 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 you know, uh, fury a little while ago. But I don't want to own Nokia. And so here's, you know, 5 6% of the portfolio in telephone and Nokia. And uh, hand me the Ambien. I'm going to sleep. So, uh, uh, you know, I... For me, it's not for me. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. And but again, I could change my tunes in a minute. Uh, we had a great call in, Mike uh, from Murph. Hey, Mr. Bakes. Hope all is well with Mr. you. Mr. Bakes, I have a question for you about selling discipline. I know you have a general rule of thumb about selling if your investment is down fifteen percent. To challenge this idea, is there not a benefit to continuing to buy in order to lower your cost basis per share? Of course, I understand this probably means you entered the particular investment at the incorrect time, but if you have conviction over it with no particular aspect of your investment thesis having been faltered and still desire the sector to be a set percentage of your exposure that you want for your portfolio, please let me know if this is just my stubbornness talking or if it makes sense. As always, thank you for the great content. Uh, Murph, great. Great to hear you. And just can we go with Bakes, not the mister. I feel old enough as it is doing this. So can we dial it back? I'm kidding. I, I really appreciate that. All right. You bring up a valid point, And if that works for you, great. Uh, what I have found after doing this for 25 years is that I'm pretty good identifying when to buy a stock and, and, and knowing when there's meaningful change occurring in, or an ETF for that matter. So I use the down 15% for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's uh, in my other uh, job as the the CEO of of uh, Tower Financial Technologies, I and my partner Dr. Lev Markov use a quant system. He is a brilliant PhD in applied mathematics, and when he does the back test, fifteen percent is the best number, so that you're not getting whipsawed all the time and and, and trading all the time. It gives you enough latitude. But if it breaks fifteen percent, you're wrong and go on to something else. Um, I applaud your stubbornness and and put it to work. If if your style, if that works for you, go ahead. I've just found that the math works. Down 15%, I get rid of it. I have 85% of my capital left. I can find 20% winners to get me back into green because I'm allergic to red. And uh, uh, that, that math just appeals to me over time. The other part of it is, and if this hasn't happened to you, it will, you have a big loser, and then you have to shift an inordinate amount of time and attention and psychology on why you were wrong. And we're humans. We don't like saying we're wrong. I just find it's better to automatically say, I'm wrong for now at down 15%. And by the way, this happened with the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. I was kicked out the first time, and I, I didn't like it, but I stuck to the discipline. I shot it. I old yellowed it. And what did I do? I had the money available, and and frankly, the 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 mental energy and 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 attitude to get back in when I saw a clear breakout. So uh, you can play with uh, uh, your self discipline. This is mine, and I just uh, uh, it, it works for me. And if something else works for you, God bless you. I think that's terrific. Now uh, uh, you mentioned time. Usually. If you're going to be wrong, you're going to be wrong in the first one, three months, and usually yeah, one to two months. And so I just I look at my portfolio every day. If I see a red negative 15 percent 
in that right column that I show you, I just get rid of it and I don't think about it and I go move on. And there's, I've got 1,700 ideas that I can be, be going for. And uh, again, it helps for me. If you want to be stubborn, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have this, this uh, uh, debate going forward. But for me, it's negative 15% always. Murph, thanks as always. Hope you and your family are great. Uh, uh, new member to the community, Kofi, great to see you. Reach out over YouTube, reach out over LinkedIn. And yeah, I'm going to do a humble brag. Just wanted to say that I love your YouTube videos. You have impeccable taste, Kofi. Absolutely impeccable. Thank you. Uh, it has truly been helping uh, me learn more about the markets. I will be honored to connect with you and ask you more about investing questions uh, on my own. Look forward to connecting. Uh, please, uh, he did, and I encourage all of you to reach out, connect through LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever you want to do. Obviously, the YouTube channel. And uh, I, I, you know, we're growing, and, and the more we can accelerate this, the better. So my response to him was, you know, thank you. You made my day. Uh, and please connect away. And that's the exact same thing I, I want to say to you. The more questions we have, the better. And then uh, I can't say I'll do this all the time, but it just turned out that that to Kofi's question, we had two, uh, you know, highlight reels, if you will, that Mike's so great at putting together that addressed holding period and sell discipline uh, questions. And I just I, I said, Kofi, here you go. Um, uh, and, uh, and I say, please subscribe, share, like, and review if you feel I've earned it. But, um, uh, I, I covered this over, over the past week. We'll go into it a little bit more, but please connect with me and fire away. Um, so here's this question right now. Uh, how long do you hold your stocks for? No, you mentioned going through them monthly, uh, and more content on charting and tech analysis will be great. Uh, ask and ye shall receive, uh, we will. That is what I do, and uh, it makes me happy. So, again, fire away. Send me what you're uh, concerned or questioning, and I'll go. My main uh, belief, and my experience leads me to this, is the market tells me how long to hold, okay? Uh, now, I'd like to go one year plus for capital gains reasons, but uh, what I find is that if I get a theme right, and let's use this, North Shore uh, Global Uranium, and yes, I'm talking my book, and we all do it, so it's okay. I drew an arrow here back in July. That's a clear breakout at you know around 30 bucks. I can't see it exactly, but around 30 bucks. Uh, URNM is the symbol, and it didn't frankly do much for for you know three, four, five months. Never broke minus 15, um, but uh, here we are at 61 bucks. It's a double, and. I'm going to let this ride until my sell discipline kicked in, which I included in the video. I'll summarize it here. I let uh, uh, this is the whole reason for the show this week. Sell, sell your losers, hold on to your winners. And you hold on to your winners until the market says, I'm tired. I'm going to bring these stocks back down. So when they close below the 200 day moving average, which is far away from this right now, so it isn't that helpful. I'll guarantee you that. But as we go over time, the 200-day is going to rise. If it closes below the 200-day, sell a third. If the 50-day closes below the 200, sell another third. And by the time the 200 turns down, sell the last of the third. And it is not perfect. It is. It comes from me reading Bill O'Neill's How to Make Money Selling Stocks Short. And I'm one of the 17 people that bought them. His mom has 15 of them. Um, I'm kidding. He's a great book. The um, but it just works, and it's. It, I mean, this goes from Cisco in the 2000s to my current example because I wanted to make sure it was still valid. Here's Royal Caribbean, and we've talked about this before. 
and this is obviously you know a a uh, a COVID slash reopening play, and uh, all those things that I mentioned happened around 116 on this chart. Broke the 200 day, 50 comes down to the 200, the 200 goes down at at 115 and it this had a big run for a lot of years i mean this is a big winner so if you own this this did a pretty good job of of of, of getting you out okay uh, but and this broke down before covid was in the news in the meaning in a meaningful way and they uh covid crushed this stock the shutdown crushed this stock took it down to 19 at the lows and some might argue mike has that over the long term things are going to be okay um and, you know, here we are at 89. Well, uh, 116 minus 89 is not making money. And the other part of this is you had uh, the, you if, you, if you're out at 115, 116, you have the money and you have the, the, the mind share to go find URNM and, and other winners and, and invest in uh, themes that are emerging and not damaged and, and, and simply limping back to prior COVID resistance. So that's my cell discipline. I encourage you to improve upon it. I'm all ears, but uh, uh, that's how long I hold stocks. In the case of uranium, URNM, I hope it's years. I really do. I hope it's two, three, four years. But if my cell discipline says uranium stinks, I'm gone. And and I'm going to be about that subtle about it, and you'll know. I mean, it'll happen in a week. So I hope that's helpful. Kofi, welcome. Thank you again. Ben Lindsay, uh, uh, 619 on Twitter, came, comes into me. Uh, uh, ben, welcome. Uh, say hi to your mom, please. Um, uh, and he said, uh, just uh, wonder your opinion on something. He thinks I'm smarter than I am. Uh, I had seen a Wall Street article, Mark Cuban talking about Ethereum, and was wondering your thoughts on Ethereum. If you need, I can send the articles. Uh, thank you. Uh, I did, and he did. And then, as it turns out, my Google alerts are, are, are a pretty good backstop. Uh, ben, your, your article showed up, and then the Google alerts uh, kicked it out to me. So I really recommend this technique if you really want to get into investing. You, if you find themes that you're, you're uh, exploring, put in crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum into Google alerts, and it will tell you everything the internet has to say on the subject. And so there's a lot of chaff, but there's also wheat. I think this is in the wheat category. Now, this is from Billy Bambro for, uh, uh, I think it was in Forbes magazine where this appeared. Billionaire Mark Cuban reveals why he thinks Ethereum will dwarf Bitcoin as a crypto market. Now, provocative headline. And that's what they do. They want to get clicks and, I, you know, that's okay. And, and I'm sure Mark believes it. I immediately, my knee jerk was, okay, watch out for the Buffett effect. What's the Buffett effect? Uh, I, I, it's a pet peeve of mine where uh, uh, almost everyone that does this, this podcast thing, they invoke Buffett as if they, they play bridge with him on Saturdays, Bill Gates to the left, and, and, and Buffett imparts wisdom to him. And, you know, Buffett is brilliant, he's, but he's 92 with $60 billion, and I'm not, and you're not. So his lessons, uh, you know, don't really apply to me all that much. Uh, number two, he makes mistakes and he'll tell you about them. So, uh, I, uh, Mark Cuban is brilliant. He, he's forgotten more about technology than I know and probably Ethereum, more than Ethereum than I know. So I am, but it, it's, a, it's a great avenue to explore, but I'm actually going to say, well, I'm going to follow Mark because he's Mark. And we, so that, that's me. Um, 
But he's going, he says in the article, I think the applications leveraging smart contracts and extensions on Ethereum will dwarf Bitcoin. And he said that to Laura Shin, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the host of the Unchained podcast. And I'll be honest with you, this is not my area of expertise, but here are my thoughts. He, t- he says it talks about proof of stake. Uh, and apparently you're able to have higher transactions per second. That's going to improve utilization and the opportunities to create on Ethereum. Uh, Why that's dramatically better than Bitcoin, I frankly don't know yet. I will investigate. And I also encourage you to, to go to the Pomp podcast where he is all crypto, all Bitcoin, all Ethereum all the time. And I'm going to pose the question to him as, as well. But... Uh, you know, Cuban talks to the the craze in NFTs that the uh, uh, a proof of concept for what smart contracts can do. So I think it's encouraging. Um, uh, and he thinks that uh, and again, he's talking his book. He thinks there's going to be two or three other blockchains besides Ethereum. He owns Bitcoin, but he says he owns a lot more Ethereum. So. All right, I'm curious, and this has come up in the past, uh, the Grayscale Ethereum Trust, E-T-H-E. I bought Bitcoin because it was a clear, pretty chart breakout, made common sense to me, the fundamentals made sense to me, the money printing that's leading to the adoption of corporations buying Bitcoin, and maybe Ethereum's next. Ethereum, don't quote me on this. I got Bic in my head. This is from memory. Uh, Ethereum's number two behind Bitcoin. Bitcoin's got sort of 55% share. I've got Ethereum in my, in my head of 2025. 20, and, um, but I'm open-minded. And that's part of the benefit of, of, of not having big losers that are taking up your time and attention. You can look, take fresh eyes to different areas. So I went back to ETHE, even though I did it this past month, and said, okay, what do I see here? Uh, I think it's a triangle. And I hope you go to the YouTube channel so you can see this. Pennant flags, I don't care what you call them. I call them triangles. But you have uh, ascending lows and descending highs. And they tend to resolve themselves with breakouts one way or the other. And it behooves people most of the time to sit on their hands, watch this develop, and then play the breakouts on the upside and avoid the breakouts on the downside. So it's looking better. It could break out. Watch this top line. More on triangles later. And I think I mentioned this to you in a DM. If I didn't, I'll... I'll, I'll it, this could be redundant, but I hope it's helpful. Crypto, this is just my thought. Crypto overall ought to be a small percentage of the portfolio. It's 12 years old. It's risky. There are regulatory uh, hurdles, to put it mildly. And so it should be what? to 10% max of your portfolio. You pick the number. This is an advice, but that just seems common sense to me. And then of that, maybe 80% is Bitcoin, 20% Ethereum. If you have a significant amount of money, maybe that's what you do. You know, maybe it's 50-50 if you decide the Cuban's really right. I don't know. But um, I I would not, and I certainly wouldn't uh, do much below Bitcoin and Ethereum. Who needs it? I mean, Okay, maybe Dogecoin is going to take over. I doubt it very seriously. Yes, it's fun, but for you know that bottom of the triangle that I talked about last week, cash gold Bitcoin. You know, maybe it's cash gold Bitcoin slash Ethereum. But you know, we're kind of getting into small amounts of money here. Um, 
but I await your thoughts, and frankly, you've triggered my thoughts, and I'm going to be looking at at, uh, at these issues anew. So my take is, thank you very much for the question, Ben. Um, my take is, 5G is not for me for now. I'm willing to change, but right now it seems kind of stale. Uh, I believe in cutting losses at 15%. It works for me. And, uh, and and hold your winners. So please share this with your, your Robinhood friends, your Reddit friends. Send other stocks ideas. I'll tell you my strategy for them as well. And please stay tuned. My themes groups, I, I put it out on social media this past week, sort of a four-minute recap rundown of the 10 themes that we're that we're participating in. Everything is profitable. Bitcoin, cannabis, uranium, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, if you want, I can go through that a little bit more. But uh, I, I really like the themes we have. The portfolio is working. And I'm, but I'm always looking for, for uh, new, uh, fresh ideas. And uh, we'll, we'll always continue to do so. And I welcome any incoming things that you send to me. Podcasts of the week. Business Casual. This is a little beyond the fray. This is the Morning Brews podcast, Business Casual new host Kinsey left I don't know her name and I'll remember that for the next time but she interviewed Ruben Harris CEO of Career Karma doesn't have anything to do with investing but again I'm talking to my sons and uh, it's a very uh, interesting uh, uh, platform for learning career advancement certification uh, uh, you know learning beyond college and and developing new skills and with the dawn of or, or resurgent in e-learning, I just think it's something you got to check out. And if you love your job, great. But if you want to, you know, explore new avenues, you want to learn to code, for example, I think Career Karma is something for you. So I, I invite you to uh, to check it out. Uh, fascinating to me. Reporters of the week. Uh, this is Dr. Nicole Safier in the Wall Street Journal and op-ed piece. And talk about provocative headlines. I like him as much as the next guy. Dr. Fauci, tear off these masks. And underneath that, if the epidemic continues on its current course, it will be safe to uncover your face by Memorial Day. This is April 10th. Memorial Day is, I don't know when it is, but next month. So, and I think that if you told the the talking heads at, at the major news channels this, their head would explode. But this is this is... Uh, a physician at Memorial Sloan Kettering, not a, a you know, a, a, a crazy right-wing conspiracy theorist, assistant professor at, at, the, at the Wheel uh, Cornell Medical College. So it has uh, uh, cred and, you know, medical backing. Uh, she writes, if you've been vaccinated, there's almost no direct safety benefit to yourself or others for wearing a mask. And more, more and more of us are getting vaccinated, and I think common sense has to uh, envelop us at some point down the road. Uh, if you're unable to get vaccinated, it's reasonable to ask others to accept infringements on their freedom as a precaution, but not if you refuse to get vaccinated. So I think these are all spot on, and I think it points out to this, this, um, uh, this surge in demand that we're seeing and are going to see as people get fed up wearing masks, get fed up being fearful, and get on a plane and spend money and have fun. And maybe not in that order, but I, um, I, I think it's coming. And then in Barron's, uh, it, it points to uh, Teresa Rivas uh, writes, with vaccines and relief checks on tap, consumers want to shop. 
and here's what they're thinking. And she goes through her laundry list of, of you know, peril and what have you that's going to be the beneficiary. Uh, and I went to my XRT. That's the ETF that I own. And as a coincidence, it's 4% GameStop for whatever that, you know, for what that's worth. Um, but I almost don't care about the GameStop situation so much. There's enough other traditional retailers, Albertsons, 1-800-Flowers, Best Buy, etc. that's in the portfolio. And, you know, people are feeling uh, a flush. They're going to buy stuff just to get out, feel better, have some fun and enjoy their money. And uh, now it's pretty extended. I'm not going to kid you, but I also think that we have more room to go over the next, let's say, nine to 12 months. And I'm playing it. Next, Eric Savitz writes, he's the technology writer for the for Barron's. Tech stocks are back near dot-com bubble heights, at least by one measure. And the first line jumps out at me. Let me be blunt. Tech stocks are alarmingly expensive. That isn't a controversial statement. It's a fact. Uh, and people might argue with you, but here, here are more facts. Uh, Tony Sakanagi, I believe he's with Bernstein. I hope I have that right. Um, uh, he counts 366 tech stocks currently meeting the 15 plus sales multiple criteria, not earnings, price to sales of 15 plus. That's up from 25 in 2017 in four short years. It's the highest level since 2000. This is unbelievable. When 1,540 traded above 15 times sales, and we know what happened to the market after that. It was ugly. And then he shows what happens since 1970 when you have price-to-sales multiples about 15 times. It's, uh, the, the returns are poor, to, to put it mildly. And um, so that's where we are. And, and I've said this before, but I thought I'd use those points to, to, to uh, restate it. I think stocks are expensive. I'm a bull, but with my head on the swivel. And we'll sell tickets, you know, and I'm dating myself. We don't even use sell tickets anymore, but you get the idea. All right. Uh, charts and tweets of the week. I mentioned I'm bullish on uranium, right, Mike? He's nodding. Uh, this is historical inflation adjusted uranium from 1968 to 2016. And I can't, I'll, I'll figure it out later. I can't read the fellow from Twitter. Jay Block, Jay Black, Jay Black. Uh, put this out, and uh, once you get into the uranium mafia, you, you, you know all this stuff comes comes flooding in. Um, but you know he p- says points to the chart and says we're in early innings, and it just please go to the YouTube channel because it's you know we've we've got a double in URNM the ETF and spot is still near multi-year lows. I mean, what is that? That's uh, fifty-year lows. And it also shows the prior peaks that are around 140. We're at 30. So 30 to 140 will be a lot, a lot of fun. We're 10 years after Fukushima. There is more to come. And uh, so enjoy inning two and three. It is an inning seven or eight, in my opinion. So take a look at this, see what you want to do with it. Uh, And then I can't help myself. Uh, GameStop. And my eyes are drawn to these after the crazy spike to 483, uh, the descent into, I don't know, 35, 40 at the low. Uh, this is de- de- build, building a wedge or a triangle pattern. And it looks pretty clear to me. Uh, I'm struck by the descending uh, highs that that also... Uh, the, the, the line crosses right around now, the 212 mark, which I've mentioned. That was a gap 
that was thus that was uh, consequently filled. And if you see a, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, if you see a breakout below this, you've got more room to the downside. And there's a fundamental case to be made for that. There's a case that there's some digital transformation going here, led by Mr. Cohen, that if this stock closes above the 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 line here, let's call it 212 on big volume, uh, you're gonna this is gonna scream, absolutely scream. So for the holders out there, do with that what you will. But it, uh, it that looks encouraging to me. So now a breakdown below it, everything, all bets are off on the on the bullish side. But uh, stay tuned. Two twelve plus, I think you're going to make some money. Uh, Pro, this is the VIX uh, or the ProShares ETF that mirrors the short-term uh, VIX, the volatility index against the S&P. And this is a descending wedge. And uh, I'm getting a little bit wonky again here, but. Uh, it, it, the the down days, the volume is evaporating. It's very tired. We're kind of grinding higher, and 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 this fear index, if you will, or this this vehicle that sniffs out volatility, is is very moribund. And I'll just say I'm going to keep an eye on this, and you should too. If you start, if you see a a, a breakout of this upper wedge line on big volume, volatility is back. You're probably not going to have to, you know, uh, look at this because you're going to feel it in the stock market. But it feels like we're complacent. It feels like something could upset the apple cart. And this will be maybe a canary in the coal mine that gives you a little bit of advance notice. So I, I submit this for your approval for the uh, old people in the crowd. Um, uh, Callum Thomas retweeted from Top Down Charts. This is the, uh, the AAII American Association of Individual Investors. I think that's it. And they do surveys. And what they tend to be is, is, is contrary uh, indicators. And it's very clear on this chart to me that when the stock market stinks, people get fearful and they raise a lot of cash. And then when, when FOMO takes over, they spend the cash and take it down to levels like this that we're seeing in, in kind of 99 and 2007 levels. So... Uh, now, it could go lower, and it could be different this time, but it suggests that, that uh, the, the, the big money's been made and, and stocks are starting to get a little bit tired. So uh, my take is we're at extreme, and please see, number one, cut your losses. All right, uh, newsletters of the week. The Bear Traps Report, Larry McDonald and his team. Great stuff, in my opinion. Uh, junk pong spreads are the tightest since 2007, and my eyes are just always drawn to this. Uh, the, the, the spread over treasuries is about as low as it get 293 right now. Uh, it's getting, it's matching or close to matching the 2007 levels, which suggests people aren't getting paid to take risk and they don't care until they do. And then you can see what happens in the financial crisis where this blows out to close to 20 in, uh, in 08, 09. And I'm not saying it's going to happen next Thursday, but we're at extremes of, of complacency in the fixed income markets that suggest complacency in the stock market. Let's say that okay? Yeah. Uh, okay, this is, again, value extremes. These are the top 1,500 companies that are unprofitable each of the last three years. So this is kind of a clever adjustment. It's not COVID made us unprofitable. It's we're unprofitable, period. And uh, uh, this level is, is the highest it's been since since the the dot com bubble, and the market caps are three x what they were back then. 
So again, uh, uh, this is, you know, very technology focused, maybe biotechnology focused. I don't really care. People are, are putting a lot of faith in the future profitability of these companies. It may show up, but a lot's priced in. And again, C number one. And, uh, and I do this because I want to be honest with myself and, 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 and you. Uh, he points to a bearish divergence in, in Bitcoin. The, 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 the uh, uh, Bitcoin is hitting new highs, but the relative strength is kind of rolling over. It, it doesn't have to be lethal, but it, it's uh, a sign that, uh, uh, you know, maybe we got to take a breather here at a minimum. As you know, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, I've taken out my original investment, so all I have is the profit, and we still got a triple in the thing. So uh, it, it changes my view. We're very far away from the tour today, so not likely to sell anytime soon. Uh, Coinbase is going public this week, which looks like an absolute beast. It also might be a buy the rumors, sell the news event, and Bitcoin uh, takes a breather from here or more. I don't know, but I want you to be aware because I've talked about Bitcoin, you know, bullishly and and consistently. I still am, but I want to give you this this chink in the armor that I, that I'm seeing and Larry is seeing. Uh, biotech bearish triangle. Uh, this is MBI, the Nasdaq Biotechnology Index, and we've talked about this in the past. But I kind of like having other sets of eyes see the same phenomenon that I do. Uh, we had a big run up with the COVID plays and others, but I mean co- the COVID plays certainly came into this, and uh, now we're going to be swimming in vaccines pretty soon, and we have to have the next uh, 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 biotech theme to take hold and push these stocks higher. I don't know what it's going to be. And he suggests, and I concur, that if you take out this lower line, you get 15% to the downside. And so look at your biotech portfolios and make sure that that your cell discipline is intact. Uh, and then the copper, another, the triangles are all over the place. I don't know what that means, but it just it's it's it's, it's interesting to see. But this is going, this is what a breakout looks like. Uh, consolidated from uh, uh, 9617. It's breaking out of this uh, uh, wedge, if you want to call it triangle, and um, on, on, on clearly higher volume. So uh, here's my take. Uh, I like copper. Biotech, eh, not so much. That's it. Uh, please also su- subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter at Bakes Takes underscore and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app. Thank you, Murph. Uh, tape your questions and email them to Bakes at BakesTakesPodcast.com. Write in if you'd prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Thank you as always. Have a great week. This is Bakes. Uh, for much-needed levity, uh, I hope you've seen this. If you haven't, I'll introduce you to it. Uh, this is Heavy Metal Baby, covers Metallica. Uh, it's uh, a very proud dad with a lot of tats uh, playing ridiculously loud. Enter Sandman with the baby playing fake drums, and it's awesome, in my opinion. And if you don't get a chuckle out of that, I would check your pulse. Uh, and then uh my comedian the funniest roast and comebacks by comedians jay leno lewis ck bill burr yes a lot of it is not going to be pc but it's all funny and i will see you next week take care now thanks so much Bye bye. <laughs>